0: I didn't know how I could go to a game like this and stand in front of a cooler of beer with pressure around me, looking at all the beer choices, and then the little cooler that's got a couple of drinks that I might not even like. I, put, I made the choice before I even got there. I walked into the event with, with my cooler, with my drinks in hand. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives and here is your host Damon Frank.
1: And welcome back to the Recovered Life show. Good to see everybody here. I am so pleased to be joined by my friend and recovery coach Jeff Graham. How you doing, Jeff?
0: Good, Damon. How you doing?
1: I am I I'm, I'm happy as a clam. I'm so glad that I'm talking with you today because we're talking about sports. We're talking it's a good about time of the year. It is. And so I'm just gonna put this up like just a disclaimer up front, even if you're not a huge heavy sports fan, if you're in recovery or you're around somebody, supporting somebody in recovery, this is gonna be a show with a ton of value. Jeff, well, I gotta you know, you know, right? It's,
0: it's funny, Damon, because how many of the uh, the you know, so, so excited about the playoffs and all the parties, but those events are sometimes only fifty percent of the people there are there for the sporting event itself. It's the parties around the event. So this is a festive time of year, uh, whether you're a sports fan or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we gear, Jeff, we gear so much of social life around sports. I know for me, where I'm at in my life right now is I have, uh, you know, I have a senior in high school who's playing sports in college and stuff. So it's like a lot of our time is spent around sports. And then, of course, there's just the big sports. There's the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. hockey, baseball, all that stuff. And if you're a fan of it, and you got, and you drank during that, man, it, it, that that's a rough adjustment, right?
0: Well, look at look at the Super Bowl. Um, you know what? Ninety percent of their commercials are. You know, Bud Light owned them for years, uh, and it was just an association. It was. Uh, it's almost a sporting event today especially when you get into the playoffs and some of the the bigger games. But tailgating, even high school is getting to that point. But, you know, I think there was a time when people went to weddings to actually celebrate the fact that a bride and a groom were getting married. But now it's, uh, you know, if if, if you want to save money on your thing, just um, say that it's a a dry reception and you only have to worry about feeding one-tenth of the people you were going to because no one's going to show up. And that's what the the, other Everything is centered around alcohol.
1: It is. And you know what? And I'm going to say that it has changed a little bit since I got sober. I've seen less alcohol sponsors sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now I've seen a resurgence of that since COVID. I've seen a huge resurgence of that. There was a lull there for a while. But I would say a good, you know, every third commercial. It yep. has to do with alcohol, and that can be very triggering. You know, I want to have you on the show today because this is the sports time right now. We've got a ton of sports going on, uh, you know, in the world, and people who are fans of it or have watched it that are now sober still want to kind of enjoy the sporting experience as a fan, but sometimes are terrified about the consequences that could happen. You are one of those people that were very into sports beyond just being a fan of sports. You played sports uh, collegiately, you coached you did. Can you tell a little bit about your background in, in sports and then also you know how that how you know how it was when you got sober? Did you just feel you had to abandon all of that?
0: Well, it was it, the association I grew up as a, in in Northern California as an Oakland Raiders fan and but even as a kid, the the, the pictures I saw of my heroes had a beer in their hand afterwards, they were celebrating in the locker rooms. Uh, they were, the images, The the if you can remember, and this will date us, but the Miller Lite commercials, taste great, less filling, were all our sports heroes growing up. So everything that I, I grew up associating um, alcohol with sports, I, I also grew up with uh, associating the Clydesdales. I, I was one of those kids, I wanted to drink Budweiser beer because of the Clydesdales. The marketing is fantastic. So I was I was raised at a time, and it's still going on, I'm sure. But sports and alcohol were associated with one and the same. When there was a celebration after a game, what did they drink in, in the in the locker room? The champagne came out. That was for the winners. The losers didn't drink champagne. So so if you wanted to be a winner, you associated with sports with that. Today, I, I, I there's a commercial right now for. I think it's Mick ultra, but it shows uh, two gals, runners, and one of them finishes obviously a long run, comes into the driveway and she's still breathing hard. And the first thing her friend does is hand her a beer. Those are the images that are pounded on us. And so it, it's natural. I understand where that's coming from. And that's the marketing of this machine that we live or, you know, we exist with, but, Sports celebration fun tailgating equal alcohol was the message that was sent, and I not only heard that from the external sources, but that got me practicing it, and then I started hearing it from myself. So I even was telling myself, and that's where that's where the snowball came. Was I was telling myself, if it's a sports event, we got a drink. You know, say coaching. Well, OK, when I played right after the game, what was the first thing they had? I remember it here in Cincinnati. We had this massive inflatable Miller bottle in the end zone. That was our incentive after the game. Coaching. You got with the coaches afterwards. You couldn't debrief and celebrate a win and talk about it with an iced tea or a milk. That's not what they do. So so we I was I was beat. It was beat into me. And I think we do it to That alcohol is what makes sports fun. And there's your message. Yes.
1: Yes, it is the message. And, you know, um, you know, it's interesting that you talk about almost a brainwashing, which is what happens. They just Mm -hmm. advertise us to death. And I know you played high school and you also played college, correct? You played football. Mm -hmm. So that, how, how did that work in, you know, I would assume in college, I know for me, and alcohol went hand in hand in sports. You have that program. and You go all the way through to the college area. Did alcohol start to become a problem for you then, when you were when you were playing? <laughs> I, I
0: was, and this will obviously updating my age. But if you remember the Andy Griffith show, the the uh, drunk on the um, show was Otis Campbell, and I was known as Otis on my football team. I, I was a I was a pretty good athlete, played well, but. As soon as, as soon as my duties on the field were done, I had, and this this is this applies to business as well. I had earned the right. I had earned the right to drink that night heavily, and it, it's where we celebrated the wins. It's where we drowned the lot. It's it's how how we dealt with the the, the losses. Um, when we had a you know something that didn't go our f- favor, we drowned. You hear that thing? Of, we drowned our sorrows at the bar. And that's where you found the arms that would grab you and say, hey, it's okay. You'll get them next week. Good game. You played well. whatever. That's where where, where that um, nurturing came from. So so it, it, the bars after games served both purposes. They were the place to celebrate, and they were the place to um, lick your wounds. Yeah. So it just and went think- hand in hand, and it was as important having beer – ready for after the game was as important as as my making sure my shoulder pads, uh, fit for the game.
1: Exactly. You know, exactly. It's interwoven. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that's with all sports. I know baseball's big hockey, really just anything. Right. You know, and now as a sports fan though, you know, what was that transition like? Because now you're sober, you've gone through the sobriety thing, you know, um, and you're sober, but you don't give up your love for sports. I, I mean, I know you, and you're a big mm-hmm. sports fan. You know about everything that's going on with sports. What was that transition like? I mean, was there a lot it was, of it was scary.
0: It, it was very, it was scary to, to say the least. Because I, I never saw someone in the stands celebrating a game or having a blast with a with a milk, you know, or or a, or a juice box. It was always a beer. So I, it was very the thought of. Doing, attending something that I loved and was such a part of my life without alcohol scared me to death. I I thought this is, the fun's going to be gone. This is, how can, I really didn't understand how anyone could go to a football game or tailgate before without alcohol. I didn't, it wasn't that I thought it was better. I didn't know how you could actually do it. I didn't know the purpose. It was what are you supposed to do if you're not? And if I don't drink, obviously the game must just be really, really boring in my mind. Because if the only way I could enjoy football is if I'm drinking. That was my mentality, though. I didn't think it was possible to have fun and enjoy it without it. And I sure as sure as heck didn't want to be the only one. Because
1: Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be that that you don't want to be that person, especially in early recovery when you have zero skills about how to deal with that you know you know what's interesting i've I've thought about this yeah well of course you have to you know the the thing that is interesting about sports and drinking is that we know now right that you're sober you're a recovery coach you know that when you're dealing with people that a lot of the times excessive emotions will get them to a relapse right unchecked excessive emotions and one of the things that sports has is big ups and big downs even if you're not playing if you're just watching you hear yay oh you know it has it's a lot of emotionality and i think for a lot of people in recovery they're scared to death to actually go there because unchecked emotions especially in early sobriety the next thing you know, you could be drinking, right? Like right. that was my fear is like, I would just not consciously, but sometimes subconsciously pick up until I really knew the techniques about how not to do that. Right. It it was very scary for me.
0: Yeah. Living, living without alcohol, taking that out of, of, of my life didn't change the highs and the lows that life gave me. It didn't change the disappointment of, 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 of a loss. It didn't change, um, someone cutting me off in traffic. My I didn't get a a 50% raise in my job because of the day I quit. I still had bills coming in. What it really did was took my ability to hide from those emotions away when, when I stopped drinking. So there's a negative side of the coin that I had to suddenly feel the sting of a loss of a game or the sting of, you know, we're down. Damn it, we dropped the pass. I mean, those things that where's my – I don't have my beer to grab that was – got me through now I had to feel those emotions. That scared the hell out of me. But the, the good news and I'm, you know, jumping ahead of the thing, is being free of alcohol, it allowed me to process those things the right way, which I didn't know how to do before. So I couldn't have done them without with alcohol. All I could do was bury them until later. And that was what the the yeah. miracle of it. And that's but but that was a, a scary, scary time into It's almost going into something alone, even though, you know, beer is not walking with you side by side, holding your hand. Technically, you know, it was for everything. It was right there to say, I got you. Don't worry about it. We'll get through this together. Just tilt me up and I'll take care of the rest.
1: Absolutely. You know what? And there's also the social component in sports and watching Mm -hmm. sports. You know, who hasn't thought about uh, a Super Bowl party? Right, yeah. like going, being invited to a Super Bowl party or hosting a Super Bowl party or going to the college game or going to the high, whatever it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's shocking to me um, seeing these YouTube videos of even drunk parents and family mm-hmm. members in high school games, right? Like yeah. it's a really, it's interwoven. You know what? I think you touched on the emotions so well, Jeff. And when we get back from this quick break, I want you to dive into... How you can actually get through a game without relapsing, right? That it's possible. And you're so great at like the steps of how are you going to get back into the life that you love, the things that you love by not ending up going home drunk from that Super Bowl party, right? So when we get back from this quick break, we're going to jump into how you do it. Attention all those seeking recovery. Are you looking for a supportive, welcoming place to share your experiences and find strength in your journey? Look no further than Recovered Life's Recovery Check-In Meetings. With several meetings held throughout the week, you can choose the one that's right for you. Moderated by top recovery coaches, these meetings are open to all avenues of addiction recovery and offer a powerful opportunity for personal growth through connection with others. RSVP now by visiting recoveredlife.us and clicking on Find Your Group. Don't miss this chance to be seen and heard. Join us at Recovery Check-In and take the next step in your recovery journey. See you there.
0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show.
1: And I'm back with a recovery coach, Jeff Graham. We're talking everything sports today, sports and recovery. Listen, sober sports fans, are you worried about navigating game day without alcohol? That's what we're talking with Jeff about today. So Jeff, as I promised, when we came back from the, the the break, how do you do this? How, if somebody's listening to this right now, I know they're saying there is like, I just got invited to a Super Bowl party, a homecoming party, whatever it is. How, how am I going to do this?
0: There, and I wish I had the one sentence answer. Um, it, it's It's a lot of things that gets this done for 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 starters. I, I think people that start this uh, a journey of life without alcohol, their hope is that the day that they don't do this, everything's gonna be magically wonderful. and i don't I don't know if you anyone that gets into shape, if you haven't done it for a while, the first time out on the the treadmill or or working out at the gym, you're going to be sore. This is not a miracle that happens overnight. It's a, but it's a miracle that happens, and we can do little things to make it actually good right from the start and getting better from that. I want people to realize though that that doing anything for the first time without alcohol, especially something we've done for so long, will be a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. It's just like with 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 sports unfortunately we don't win every game we have uh, we have times when we win we might win big we also have times when we lost where we get knocked on our our and it's just a matter of getting up and going forward going into an event like this understanding the expectations and understanding that there can be some challenges that's normal and that's real and that's what we all go through but we can do things to make it um a great event and something that will only get better over time. So much of recovery for me had to be, I had to do things and accept or believe, Hey, you know what? That wasn't bad. That wasn't, uh, that actually was pretty good. And that was enough of a belief to make the second one even better. But, but with, with sports, especially for me with social or with tailgating, and I keep going back to that because it is playoff time and there's a lot. My expectations, my goals were alcohol-based. And now I had to sit down. I said, okay, let's just go because I'm here in Cincinnati. The Bengals are playing Sunday night against the, the you know the, their first playoff game. That's going to be a huge one. What am I looking for for that night? And my expectations were, okay, drinking before, drinking, drinking, drinking. When I look at what really matters with that night, it is seeing friends. It is the food before, the tailgating before. There's going to be some good music going on. There's going to be some lights and a festive activity. Those are all great things. Then we got a game that I'm really hoping is a good game. I want my team to win. I am now, the things that I am trying to focus on and bring to the front of my mind are are things that are real and where the true fun comes from, from that night focusing on what matters is going to be a key for me. And then the other thing is about the night is is preparation. We don't want to um, face being asked about, you know, why aren't you drinking, Jeff? You normally had 38 beers by now. I prepared, I prepared everything that I thought could happen on my, my first tailgating or social situations. And I looked for the things that I didn't think would happen just in case as well. Um, I, I, I rehearsed what I was going to say until I was comfortable saying it of when, when people approached me with asking why I wasn't drinking for me, I made a joke. I always, my, my go-to line is, you know, my check liver light came on the other day and I had to stop. I, I make a joke about it, but that's what works for me. But it doesn't matter anything that, you know, you're comfortable saying about yourself. I love to have a trusted, as I call them, but someone, if there's anyone that, that you can have as your support to say, Hey, you know what, stay close. Cause I'm, we're going through this thing a lot, you know, with alcohol free tonight. And I could, having that, that accountability is a huge one. Yes. Little things. You always see me with the diet Pepsi, Damon. It's uh, they, they should, they, I put those kids through college. I put the Anheuser-Busch kids through college earlier, but now I'm, I'm doing it with the uh, uh, diet Pepsi kids. But I, I made choices before I had to make the choices. And my biggest fear, I didn't know how I could go to a game like this and stand in front of a cooler of beer with pressure around me, looking at all the beer choices, and then the little cooler that's got a couple of drinks that I might not even like. I put, I made the choice before I even got there. I walked into the event with with my cooler, with my drinks in hand. Uh, Non-alcoholic beers right now are, are, are great. That's something that you have to decide for yourself if that's the route you want to go. For some people, it's triggering, and this is a personal decision. But giving yourself something fun and festive to do, yeah. uh, I, I tell people, you, you you always hear, "What's the best way to go grocery shopping, Damon?" It's with a full stomach, because otherwise, I walk out with a cart full of uh, nachos and Doritos and stuff. That's if if you fill yourself up before. You're more like you're you're less likely to make poor choices. Making a list of what to do. I I, I fed myself before. I still wanted to eat at the game, but I w- made sure I wasn't famished. I, yes. I, I had the drinks with me. I told people what I was doing and my expectations. I made a list of what are you looking for. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing my buddy Damon. I got to give him grief because the last time I saw him, you know, he slipped on the ice and made a. We're going to have a great. I'm going to tease him about that. I gave myself things to focus on and to anticipate and to look forward to. And I gave myself a little bit of a break because that first day, there are moments when I saw people drinking and I said, you know what, God, that does look good. But I was- And guys, able, these are huge tips, Jeff. No, no, I was gonna say, I rehearsed, I practiced ahead of time because I'll forget it at those moments, but what is gonna happen if I do drink? Don't just look at the next two hours. Let's look at tonight. Let's look at tomorrow morning. Those, if I can focus on that, I took some of the allure and the attraction away from alcohol. But I knew that if I go to a game and see my friends and have good food tomorrow morning, if those are the things I do, I'm going to wake up with a big smile.
1: Absolutely, and I think you know the you these tips that you're giving are golden. That's why I wanted to say just they're just back to back golden for anyone. Like, you know, having that buddy with you, having this, like, this is so essential. These are key components that are going to keep you sober if you want to venture out and you feel uncomfortable. Even if you don't feel uncomfortable, none of these things will hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, eating before, all these things are really, really great. But, you know, I don't have to go to the
0: game. I don't have to go to the game with with you to keep me, but to tell you, even just to say, hey, Damon, I'm going to my first event. Tell you what, game gets over at 7. I'll call you about 8. I want to tell you how it went. Call me and ask me how it went. That might not be enough alone to keep me from drinking, but it's going to help. It's going to add and give me extra, extra reasons because I know, you know what, Damon's going to call me at 8 o'clock tonight, and I know he's going to give me grief. If you know, He's going to ask. That might be enough to put me over the top because if i just i can disappoint jeff all day long i've done it my whole life i'll i'll drop the ball on jeff but if i have someone else that's counting on me i'll i have a better chance of holding out for them
1: no i you know what i i i agree and i think building up that community around you also finding other people in sobriety that like sports yep. and there's plenty of them right like you you've probably have friends that are sober that like sports
0: Mm, that
1: yep. don't do that, right? Like so there's a whole community of people that are out there. One of the things I want to mention though, that I think this is important, Jeff, is that a lot of times what you were talking about is the way in which we think as alcoholics, our relationship with alcohol is not normal. It's not the average relate. so so we're thinking, right? the whole time that everybody's thinking about, I'm gonna go to the tailgate car- party and get smashed, and then but not everybody's thinking that. No we think that right and and that is you know that was a a wake-up call to me because i really thought everybody thought like i did and after i realized that only the people who were really giving me a hard time for not drinking typically were people who had alcohol problems yeah beyond that no one really cared no one cared and if i was if i was to be honest with them to say listen I'm an alcoholic and I can't drink. They wouldn't want me to drink. No. Like they would you know, so it's our perception of alcohol is so messed up. And I always have to keep that in mind to this day is that I'm not thinking like other people are thinking about alcohol.
0: Well, I, Damon, you're so right. And I, I, I thought everyone's just staring, staring at me. And, and one thing that helped was developing a, a confidence. And, and I, this is an example of what I did one time, but I, I was so nervous that people were going to, when I walked in, all focus on the fact that Jeff wasn't drinking. I literally walked into a game and I turned my hat sideways, which is not something I can, I, which which I did. The first thing people said to me is, what the hell's up with the hat? And I said, rally cap, this is a huge game. You know, that number uh, 93 with uh, so-and-so, that's going to be, boom, immediately the topic went from what I thought it was going to be, which is about why I wasn't drinking, like, oh, yeah, what they're going to have to do, blah, blah, blah. It went to the game. And I realized just by little diversion, whatever, people were much more interested in talking about themselves or the game or the day or the song that was playing by the band right now or the gossip that they heard about so-and-so than to worry about whether I was drinking or not.
1: Absolutely. And it's the small things. Like, I think people who would listen to this – and uh, you know, that aren't alcoholics or don't have anyone who in their life that is sober, right? That they would listen say, go, this is ridiculous. You have to rehearse what you're gonna say. But really, as alcoholics, we know Jeff, like those are the things that keep us up at night. What are we mm-hmm. gonna say to Bob? What are we like, what are we gonna yep. do? Right, like those are the things that really bug us as, as alcoholics. It's not usually the bigger things, it's right. the smaller things that that really erode. The quality of our life, Look, but, but if knowing here. what,
0: but if knowing what to say to Bob is something that's bothering me, to 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 get a plan right now, I'm going to sleep better tonight because oh, I know absolutely it's I essential. Bob, I know what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. and I know how I'm going to distract. And, and it, it, now I'm prepared. And being prepared, walking in, you know, if if I leave to drive across country, and I did this a couple times this summer. This is why I always ask. If I get into the truck and I leave with no jack, um, no um, spare water, um, no jumper cables, and no money in my wallet, I'm gonna be scared. I, I know something bad's gonna happen and I'm not prepared to handle any of it. But if I walk out to the same thing and I've got a wallet full of cash and I've got a spare tire and I've got jumper cables and I've got extra water and I've got tools or whatever, I feel much more confident starting that trip because I've got the tools in hand, I'm ready for situations. And that's the mentality I go into situations, whether it's a, a tailgating situation or a social situation. If I go in with nothing of tools and readiness, sure, I'm gonna be scared. Anything could go wrong and I'm not prepared for any of it. But getting stuff ready, probably never, probably, hopefully never even need it. But those are the no, things you know that let me have confidence to carry me through.
1: Yes, it's essential. And I mean, I told people that even at 20 years of sobriety, Jeff, uh, there were certain situations and there were business situations for the most part where I was around people that I knew were super heavy drinkers. That from the moment I walk and I had to go, it was like a work thing where it was like very right. essential that I go. And, and from the moment that I walk in, they'd be like alcohol, alcohol, alcohol outright. Like they'd be shoving it at you. And I... You know, in that case, I brought a wingman that worked for me, that was not an alcoholic that liked to drink, didn't have a problem with alcohol, and he got alcohol all night long, right? Yeah. And yeah. he was my wingman. And I said, look, if I'm in a situation, grab the drink for me. And I said, oh, I'm giving it to my buddy, yeah. right? Like, like, um, and to diffuse it. And, you know, you have to be prepared because the worst case scenario is if you feel that you're on the spot and then shame. And all that other kind of stuff hits Mm -hmm. you. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble now. And I don't have a way out. Um, But, you know, and then I think the final thing, too, Jeff, is I want to talk before we close this episode. There might be times, isn't it, where you have to say no to an event. There there might be times where it's just not the best place for you to see the big game.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, that's, Damon, you nailed it because we have to protect the, the sobriety. If, you, if you're like me where things were starting to hit the fan, my sobriety was more important than than any one event. I, I've, t- I've talked to people that have, have pulled out of wedding receptions just because of it. There will be plenty more games. There will be plenty more wedding events. Your friends, you will see them with events. If you're not sure, that's something where I, I don't think any of us would be missed at those events, but if we mess around and we're to cave, we can set ourselves back huge. Protecting our sobriety is the number one thing, so if you're going, if you need to protect it by staying away, do it, do it. There will be more games, I promise you. There will be opportunities. If you want to do it, get ready for it and be prepared. I love what you just said about the wingman, and that's what I still, like, even to have an alcohol-free beer in a clear glass that people can see it's a, a beer. No one's gonna say anything. And that for the right person, that will help. Plus it's a festive occasion. I want—I don't wanna drink water or milk while I'm tailgating. I wanna drink something that's a little more exciting. So what can I bring? Whether it's some crazy mocktail, if it is an alcohol-free, if it's something special, give me, i I wanna have fun at these things. There are other yeah, ways. Absolutely. I want to eat great food. So there are things we can do. This is not about depriving. This is about living. This is not about yeah. surviving. This is this is thriving in those moments. And that's what, and as soon as the, what I just want people to realize, the first one might be a little uncomfortable, but as soon as you realize you can do it, it snowballs to the point. I go to, uh, we'll be tailgating this weekend. I will be surrounded, but I couldn't care less about the alcohol. I don't. I am so excited about seeing friends. Where we go, where we're going to tell you. They always have good music playing, and it's just it's a it's a blast. It's a fun time, and the game is hopefully I'm going to walk out happy afterwards. But I have so much. I am so excited about this coming weekend, and it is no longer. It was not living without alcohol. It's now living without alcohol, and that's what that's what where we that's what recovered life is all about
1: absolutely absolutely this has been such a great episode jeff thanks for coming on the show today i think this is just this is just rock solid advice and i think more people suffer from this than express it i know mm-hmm. it's run through i don't know how many super bowl parties i turned down baseball games i turned down Because I just didn't really feel that I had the tools. I just didn't know, right? I just didn't know. And I'd rather be sober and figure it out. Like the, the the oh, how come you didn't make it? I'd rather, I really want to be sober. And I could have done this earlier. I think if I had that support system and knew. That's why guys, check out Jeff Graham on the Recovered Life Network. We're going to drop links on how you can get a hold of him. If you're if you're worried about the big game, if you're if you're a huge sports fan, or if you're just worried about you know getting through the next day sober, hit up Jeff on Recovered Life, and he will definitely help you out. Jeff, I have
0: a uh, I have a PDF package on um, tailgating without alcohol that I if anyone send me a link, I'll get a hold of it and I'll send it to you. But it's uh, um, nine pages of ways to get through it uh, and not just survive it, but to thrive it and turn it into a The day that it was meant to be. And it will. Well, I'm going to put a link to that.
1: I'm going to put a link to the, to the show notes so people can check that out because that is very, very helpful guys. Take advantage of this resource. Jeff has just tons of gems to help you get through that big game sober. Thanks so much, Jeff, for coming on the show today. Great seeing you,
0: Damon. Thanks for having me.
1: Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life. Recovered Life is a peer support network with direct access to top recovery coaches, contact community, and quality peer support meetings that can be accessed virtually. Whether you're pursuing a 12-step program, not involved in 12 steps, spiritual, agnostic, atheist, or just trying to figure it out, you're welcome here. Sign up today and access unlimited group meetings for only $19.99 a month. And because we know you'll love it, we're offering you your first 30 days for free. Don't wait. Visit recoveredlife.us and become a member today.